Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner, Caroline Pope, as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. <coughs> That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hi, and thank you for joining me on Talking With The Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope, talking all things animal communication. Before I start, I'd like to send a shout out and a really big thank you to Dean Akers at deanacres.com for really pushing me outside of my comfort zone in order to do this podcast. What is animal communication? Essentially, animal communication is telepathics, tele being distance and pathy being feeling so essentially you're feeling another being over a distance this can be human or it can be an animal it may be in the same room it may be in the same suburb it may be over the other side of the world unlike mobile phones there are no dead spots so there's nothing to worry about as far as signal except for your own intention now animals have always communicated telepathically as have we anybody can learn to communicate we all are inborn with the ability think of a baby a mother will take the baby into the hospital and she'll say to the doctors and the nurses I know there's something wrong with my baby the doctors and nurses will listen because most of the time she's right this is telepathics but unless a child's actually dying, telepathics really generally don't get it very far. And then the child says its first word, mom or dad or horse or whatever, gets a lot of validation. So the child learns, verbalizing gets my needs met. Telepathics doesn't get me that far. And then of course they get to two or three and they say something like, the dog told me it had a headache or the horse has got a stomach ache and parents will either make fun of the child and say don't be silly horses or dogs can't talk or they'll punish the child for lying so essentially you start cutting down on one and building up on the other think of telepathics like a muscle most of us haven't used it since we were very young children identical twins one just knowing what's going on with the other that's telepathics even today how often do you think of a friend and all of a sudden the phone will ring and it's them you may not have heard for a while you may suddenly think of them they call this is telepathics we all do it it's just that most of us are not aware of the process I myself didn't get into animal communication as a lot of communicators have from a young child. Um, I was always animal mad. I was never allowed to have animals as a young child uh, growing up with my parents. So a trip to my grandmother's was always highly desirable as she had a couple of dogs. As I got a little bit older, we had a horse paddock near me. I adop virtually adopted one of the local ponies down there and he taught me a lot. I started vet nursing when I was 16 um, 
and was very happily in constant had a pony by that stage had a dog uh, a family dog and yeah I was well and truly working with animals fast forward oh about another seven or eight years I think it was after that and I was shopping as I did occasionally at the Blue Angel bookshop and gallery which was a new age shop near where I lived and the owner of the shop Martine said to me oh I think I've got a book here you might be interested in it was called Communicating with Animals by Arthur Myers. So I looked at the book and went, yep, why not? Bought it, took it home and thought I'd flick through a few pages late at night. Became so engrossed, I literally read the book in one sitting, sat up till about 1 or 2 a.m. I think it was to finish it. And I think one of the reasons I really like this particular book is that Arthur Myers was not an animal communicator. He was a journalist the opening words in the book were I am a skeptic and this really grabbed my attention other communicators that have been doing it for years if I'd read one of their books to start with I probably wouldn't be on this track today so this was back in the late 90s pretty much pre-internet and yes for a lot of you listening we did all survive then without it so I wrote off to a lot of the communicators listed in the back of the book and one of them Kate Riley wrote back to me and of course keep in mind we are talking snail mail so I think you know it took about six weeks for a letter to get from Australia to America back in the day and yeah I've still got her letter to this day it really gave me encouragement and kept me going when I needed it the very next morning after reading this book I went down the horse paddock and one of the horses there Roni I heard so clearly I need clean water so I looked at his trough and it was almost empty and what was there was pretty grotty so obviously I sorted it for him filled it up it took me two and a half years before I heard anything clearly face to face again that seemed to be a one-off no matter what I did and I tried a lot it wasn't uh, getting me anywhere by this stage I'd heard back um, from a couple of the other communicators and they had all suggested Reiki as a gateway to communication so I enrolled on Reiki one course and hated it there was no way I was ever doing Reiki two. hell was gonna freeze over first so about three four weeks after this my the horse I had at the time Doc Uh, became very very ill with Ross River and his gum color was literally completely white his heart rate was terrible the vets tried and then said to me look here's the knackers phone number there's nothing more you can do for this horse desperate people do desperate things so I wound up calling Martine at the Blue Angel and said can you do a healing on my horse very calmly of course I can Caroline drop me down a photo didn't find out till later that Martine had never worked on an animal and she had to phone her Reiki master to find out how but details you know she was all calm and collected to me so I dropped the photo down about two days later I got a call Caroline I've got a couple of things here I think you might be interested in so I went over and had a look at the piece of paper she handed me and realized that she tapped into animal communication without realizing it So I grabbed the piece of paper and went down the paddock and hauled Doc into its stable because there was no way anyone was ever going to see me talking to a horse. Just wasn't going to happen. 
and said, right, Martine says, this is how you feel. Well, this is my response. And she says, you've got an issue with this. This is my response. We went down the list. The next day, Doc was 100%. No Ross River symptoms, gum color normal, heart rate normal. The vets couldn't understand this instant cure. Was I jumping up and down and going, woohoo? Not really. It was more, oh crap, now I've got to do Reiki, Reiki too, which I did. After this, I was able to communicate with animals through distant healing Reiki, but I was not able to do face-to-face. I did this every day, seven days a week for the next just a little over two years. I gave myself more migraines and I care to remember, I might add. Some of the... um, conversations I had were quite interesting in that time probably one I think the one I remember the best was um, at a vet clinic with a dog called Bundy who had really horrendous skin in the end I took him on he was a great dog I had him for a couple of years and while I was working on him I heard so clearly why is it more people don't use energy is it because they're afraid of it or does it bring them to question their religious beliefs Well, that pretty much discombobulated me. By the time I'd picked my jaw up off the floor, I'd lost the connection. We never really went back into that particular conversation, but it is one, it was just a comment that really stayed with me. As I said, kept this up for about two, two and a half years, and then one day a uh, holistic vet friend of mine said, look, heard you've been playing around with this animal communication thing. Uh, I'm going to see a client with a couple of cats. Do you want to tag along and see how you go? And I explained to her that happy to, but I can only do it through a distant Reiki. And she said, don't care how you get the information. If you can get anything, it's always useful. Come along, see how you go. Well, that day was face. I got face-to-face communication straight off. To this day, I don't know how or why. Um, I think some of the difference probably was the fact that everybody, all the communicators I'd spoken to were either clairvoyant, clairsentient or clairaudient, which is basically seeing, in inverted commas, a little camera behind your eyes, feeling or hearing. I'm claircognient, which not much of the population is, and that's a just knowing. So I think perhaps because I was expecting to get things, in inverted commas, um, the same way everybody else did, and of course I didn't. So as I said, from that day on, it was face-to-face, and it was great. Um, I I don't know why, but I wasn't going to knock it. I started getting a few phone calls from people that had heard about this weird thing because, as I said, keep in mind, back in the late 90s, animal communication really wasn't very well known in Australia. It's certainly changed in the last 20 years. People seemed to think I wore long flowing skirts, dangly earrings, talked about my guides a lot and went, om. You are talking to the world's greatest caffeine addict here and I don't wear skirts. Wasn't going to happen. So I, I think one of the communications that kept me going in the early days that really springs to mind was a conversation I had with a horse called Spring. Now, Spring's owner was probably one of the most dedicated people I've ever met. Spring was an incredibly lucky horse. 
and she contacted me it was me and then euthanasia the mare was blowing up with fluid when i say blowing up with fluid i'm talking she had a tracheotomy to get her to breathe kind of blowing up with fluid we're not talking small and she'd be at the vet hospital and she'd be hospitalized and she'd be on lots and lots of diuretics and so forth uh, and then of course she'd have to have bananas because all of potassium coming out no one could explain why she was blowing up with fluid they brought out all the notes and of course again being pre-internet most of this was um, all in hard copy form and it looked like three war and peace books with all the notes really interesting reading but bottom line was no one really knew what was going on and she said to me yeah unless we can find something out we're going to have to euthanize her it's getting worse each time um yeah we can't afford and it's not fair on her to keep going the way it is pressure hmm, nothing like a bit of pressure any rate started speaking with this mare and the very first thing she mentioned was hormones and i couldn't understand why she kept talking about it so in the end i asked the owner and they went oh my god she hasn't come into season since her last foal which was two years ago she was blowing up with fluid twice a year the times that she would normally have come into season so in those days i didn't do craniosacral therapy for or nest um health for animals i was purely doing animal communication so i called a friend of mine who was a um, craniosacral therapist who worked on her and in those days i used to use a lot of the australian bushflower essences so they purchased a bottle of um, australian bushflower essences for hormone balance which i think was about 20 to 25 dollars and she never had another problem again one of the strangest things i've ever seen the vets couldn't believe it but we gave her a bottle of flower essences twice a year just before she was due to come into season and she never looked back i many years later got a lovely lovely email i think it was about 2017 um spring had eventually died at the ripe old age of i think it was 32 or 33 incredibly lucky mare with a very very dedicated owner but that for me was a huge boost now keep in mind not all animals know what's going on with them in the same way not all people do some people may say oh my chest is a bit tight I'm, I'm really sore in my left arm whereas someone else will be aware that they're having a heart attack spring was fortunate in that she knew what was going on um and yeah that that literally saved her life but as i say communication is no substitute for veterinary no animal's going to tell you that they have a sore tooth if you th they think you're going to have to take them to the vet to get it looked at in the same way i'm not going to a dentist i'm dentist phobic sorry to all the dentists out there but yeah there's no way you're getting me in your chair and that's just how it is animals are the same they're quite capable of telling you what they want you to know rather than what you need to know and there is the difference since then uh spring certainly gave me a spring up so to speak 
I now work um, professionally at vet clinics, wellness centers, um, international clientele. And I love my job because you never, ever know what you're going to get. You never, ever know what's around the corner. The biggest mistake you can make is expecting to understand what's going on or have any preconceived ideas because you'll always, always, always be shot down in flames. But anyone can do this. The biggest problem, and I think one of the main reasons most people haven't wanted to learn about communication, and if I'd had a dollar for every time someone had said this to me, I'd be driving a Range Rover, is that they can't take on the concept that all animals communicate all throughout the world and not have it change the rest of their life in some way, shape or form. One friend of mine who is a particularly good vet said to me, look, I understand. I actually agree, but I can't take that on in my work because I've got a mortgage. I've got a couple of kids in private schools and I need to be able to work the way I do. Now, I can't take on what you're telling me without it changing my veterinary. And I can understand that. I started with animal communication as a vet nurse, thinking how much it was going to help with veterinary stuff and wound up within six months leaving vet nursing. So you can't always do both. I take my hat off to people that work in animal shelters, places like that. I couldn't do it. It doesn't mean that you're not helping the animal, you're just doing it differently. All roads lead to Rome. And as long as you're aware of and understand that an animal is a sentient being with thoughts and emotions, exactly the same as ours, they're simply expressed through their own species differences. You're not gonna roll in horse poo and eat it, your dog will. Dog's not going to jump on Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts and listen to a podcast about animal communication. You will. These are species differences. We all have different operating systems. Expecting a dog to speak human is, as my computer guy would say, like doing Mac commands for a Windows computer and wondering why you're running into Thank problems. you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time. <laughs>